Welcome to the Sermon Amp Podcast. I'm Joseph Wheat, pastor and host, and this week is a special episode about a ministry that we probably don't know a whole lot about, but our hearts tell us that we should know more, need to know more, need to care more, and that ministry is the ministry to refugees, those people who have had to leave their home because of war, calamity, violence, and are on their way with what they can carry very often on their back with their family for a new life somewhere else. And the question is, in this moment of transition and need of mercy and engagement, where is the church? I'll be interviewing Carolyn Morris, who works with refugees from all over the world in Atlanta. And she'll be telling us about the state of this ministry today, about the needs that are there and the opportunities that are there. This is significant also because this Sunday, June 20th, is World Refugee Day, and we will be marking that at Highlands as well. And so here's the interview with Carolyn Morris. Welcome to the second segment of the podcast. I am here with one of my favorite people in the world, Carolyn Morris. Uh, We are in Western North Carolina. Our families are together. So we're out on the back porch doing an interview. Uh, She is my niece. How old are you, Carolyn? 24. 24. That's right. You're much older than you should be. You and Sarah Caitlin and Emily are way too old. Um, Welcome to the Sermon Ant Podcast. Thanks for having me, Uncle Joseph. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. And the reason I wanted Carolyn on the podcast is she works in an area On the one hand, it's kind of an area that we don't know enough about. On the other hand, it's an area that we all kind of have our hearts tugged on. So maybe you'll bring some clarification on some things and motivate us toward ministry, and that's ministry to immigrants and uh, also to those that are refugees uh, coming out of difficult situations. Now, Carolyn, of course, I've known her since she was born. Uh, she is my sister, Betsy, uh, her daughter. Um, it was early in your life that you came to Christ, and early in your life, if I remember correctly, pretty early, that you really began to get a heart for other people. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that, Carolyn? Yes. So I grew up as a pastor's kid and mom was always reading me missions biographies. So like we would read, you know, when I was six, we'd be reading Amy Carmichael and Elizabeth and Jim Elliott. Um, And so God was definitely using that. But I was not a Christian until I was about, I think maybe 12 or 13. And I had a um, real like encounter with the Lord and um, just was, the Lord really made me ravenous in his word after that. And so, um, and I had a really good community around me. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think when I was 13, I was, I thought, I want to do missions the rest of my life. And some of that was healthy and some of that was unhealthy, but <laughs> Lord really used it. Well, Carolyn's dad is Henry Morris, who was one of the two or three people that led me to Christ. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to interview my sister and Henry at some point because I really want you all to meet my family. But uh, one of the things about you, Carolyn, that's really great is uh, you're an adventurous soul. Um, you're, you're not afraid of, of messy ministry situations, even internationally messy ministry situations. So tell us, 
kind of coming out of the Harvard of the South, Auburn University. Yes. Uh, that's right. Very involved in ministry there. Kind of your how you moved into this area of ministry. Yes. So I had uh, been interested in missions all of, uh, I guess, middle school and high school. Um, and then I went to college. And I remember my parents saying to me, you know, you, you read so many books, you, you care so much about missions, but there's uh, people who are from all different countries at your university. Why don't you care about them? <laughs> and so um, I started working with uh, doing some international ministry with a lot of friends. Um, and then during the summers, I would go with MTW somewhere. So And MTW, for those of you in the listening audience that are not Presbyterian, that's Mission to the World, our mission sending organization, and then MNA, Mission to North America, is our home mission. So you were working with our global missions agency. Yeah, so I went to Greece the summer of 2000, I think it was 16, so it was kind of funny. I, well, I went to Nepal the summer of 2015 and they had just had the earthquake and I walked in and, <laughs> and I got to go into some refugee camps. Um, and then the next, the next year, all of the Syrians had, there had been the mass exodus. Yeah, that was kind of like the high watermark 15 and 16 yes. of amazing refugee tsunami yeah. Into yeah. Greece, right? Exactly. You were but, there. Yes, but it was just <laughs> funny because I went to go work with the local churches there, and I mean, I remember seeing all the different things we would do in the refugee part. I just kind of didn't think about, and um, it was very unexpected. And so I'm there that summer, and I remember we would just be standing out in the port, and people would just have their backpacks on, and we would greet them because we were with, uh, working with one of the ministries, and they were, they would just say, "We we literally just arrived." And I mean, I just remember thinking, like, what do you even pack in your backpack when you have fled your yeah. country? And what do you, um, and and they didn't know what to do next. So, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was a crazy time. Um, but I did get to go into some refugee camps there as well. Um, and mm -hmm. I worked mainly with Syrians, but I really worked with Afghans. So, mm -hmm. um, but. Afghans are beautiful people. I've yes. known Afghans too. Yes, they are. And they have such rich poetry and mm -hmm. food. I actually live in a predominantly Afghan neighborhood right now. Um, so I get we'll lots get of, really, yeah, we will. <laughs> yeah, I get lots of good food. Um, <laughs> but I will say just thinking of a story that really, so yeah, so I'm there, I'm interested in missions. I don't have refugees on my, on my radar. And, um, I get to go with one of the pastor's wife into this, um, neighborhood. And, um, we go visit a family and they're refugees from the middle East. And, we go and she's sharing kind of the gospel and just the story of the Bible with them. I think they, they had a Muslim background, um, but maybe had walked away from it currently just because of all the pain that had happened in their country. So we tell them this story and they ha they basically say, oh yeah, we want to believe. And I remember being like, okay, well, I didn't know it was usually this easy. Yeah. And it was and really, it's just real. yeah, I know. And it was really because Manon, the woman I was with, uh -huh. I mean, she is so, such a faithful servant of the Lord there and, um, and had been so caring for them. But I, this is what really just really changed my life is we said, oh, okay, why? And they said, well, you know what? When we fled our country, we went to Turkey and a couple brought us in. They paid for us to have a wedding celebration and um, they told us the same thing. Wow. And then we said, okay. And they said, okay, well, then we went to Italy. And another, another family brought us in, and they helped us get on our feet, and they helped us, um, they gave us food, and, and they told us the same story. Um, and so I just remember thinking, 
that refugee ministry is so unique because you're dealing with people who are bumping into God's people all over the world. Mm -hmm. And you never know which bump you are. I don't mm, yeah, that's feel right. like I'm not usually the a final link in bump. The chain. But, <laughs> but you but I just remember thinking God is really doing something so unique and odd through this crisis. Um so that was probably when I I remember thinking after that, okay, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. <laughs> so my niece is absolutely a gorgeous little southern girl with a big personality as you can tell. And uh, and has been willing to to kind of parachute into some interesting places. Um, for those of us ordinary mortals who uh, are interested in sharing the gospel, I think Carolyn said something important, and that is that we don't have to be the person that introduces someone to Jesus for the first time, closes the deal, you know, has the prayer of assurance all at once. Yeah. That everything we do with people in terms of how we love them, how we treat them, and what we say to them is important along the way. There really are links in that chain. And if the body of Christ were to see um, the intersections of life that God has given us for ministry, and if we were to respond with a little bit more um, eyes open to see the needs and curiosity about uh, the states of people's hearts, meaning not just whether they know Christ yet, but like how they are and to be able to step into their lives. If that was happening consistently uh, as that story that you told, that would be amazing in Jackson, Mississippi. And so I want to ask you to consider that as well. So Carolyn, go back to kind of um, your evolution, so to speak, of, of kind of where you are now. Yeah. Well, one thing that I'll just say to add to what you said is um, refugee and immigrant ministry is unique, specifically refugee, because, you know, no one wants to leave their uh, their country. Um, usually they're displaced people be because of war or religion. And so um, just something to remember is that uh, some of these people are going to be persecuted Christians. And so we have the chance as the church to welcome brothers and sisters who have had to flee their country for Christ Um and we have that chance to welcome them. Um, and then also you have people that come from a mainly Muslim-majority country. You have others as well, but those mm -hmm. are the two groups I've kind of worked with mm -hmm. most. And a lot of war-torn. Yeah, war-torn. And, and people are, I mean, uh, Muslims are, are often serious about their faith, but um, people are in a situation where they might be much more um, open to just learn and hear and um, receive because they have gone through much suffering and pain. Um, yeah. And so it's... it's uh, it's a time to embrace people, um, love them, comfort them, share with them. And it's, um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we, we think we're displaced because COVID we couldn't, our kids couldn't go to their summer camp. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, but what if you had to leave your home for political reasons or just safety reasons? Um, what if you had to leave your home and you literally could put it all in a backpack? Think about how you'd feel and then somebody with kindness engages you and even with resources. It's an amazing opportunity, refugee ministry is. You know, we're, uh, Ephesians says that we are all, uh, we are no longer immigrants. We are a part of God's family and he is our peace. I've always loved that, that verse. Um, yeah, and we have, we do have such a, like, easy spiritual analogy with the situation, you know, um, uh, we are called to be, uh, kind of sojourners in this life. And so it's, um, 
It's easy to embrace. Okay, I want to make a movie recommendation. It's risky for pastors to do that, but I know for a fact that uh, this one is solid. Uh, it's called Jesus in Athens. It's a 2015 movie. You can watch it on Amazon Prime, I think. And it's all about, um, Carolyn was in Athens just a little bit before this movie was shot, and a lot of our MTW friends that um, are in Athens, in fact, I had dinner with a few, they said, hey, that's my pastor. Uh, that's the main character uh, in the movie Jesus in Athens. Gina and I watched that about a year ago, and we just wept as we watched it. I dare you to watch Jesus in Athens. Yes, and I mean that's the all of the people that I got to work with there. I remember like seeing some. Of my so you know some of those. Yeah, that's I was cool. Out. But I do think that um, I'm, if I'm recalling right, it's it talks about uh, some people who fled their country because of religious persecution that were mm -hmm. Christians that became mm -hmm. Christians or maybe they became Christians of the country either way um, I did have a translator when I was in Greece he may or may not be in the movie <laughs> but um, I had two different ones from Iran who had uh, basically been trying to leave their country for a better life and on their journey um, to get to Athens I think I can't remember which country I think they were from Iran mm -hmm. um, and so they met Jesus. Uh, they had a, a vision of Jesus in the like on the road that they were going, and um, they, Paul had one of those yeah, on the way to too. Damascus. Yeah. And he called, and they both of them called their families when they got to Athens and said, "We've seen Jesus, and we're going to follow him." And um, both of their families, they have not seen their kids or their wives since. And wow. um, I remember like looking at one of them, and I had I said, "I'm so sorry. Like I can't believe all you've suffered for Christ, mm -hmm. not being with your family." And he, I just I remember he looked at me and he said, "He he laughed. He said, huh, we suffer. We suffer in this life for Christ. That's part of it." Um, wow. So. <laughs> He's he'd gone to meddling, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From preaching to meddling. Yep. <laughs> well, you can tell why Sarah, Caitlin, and Emily love their cousin, and uh, they are having some good cousin time here together. We love to get our two families together. Um, Carolyn, take us to where you are right now, what you're doing, and then I'm going to uh, do a little advertisement for mm -hmm. something for Carolyn here toward the end. So currently, so I went with MTW um, before the pandemic uh, to Southeast Asia, we'll say that, <laughs> um, and I worked with a minority group called the Rohingya. They're considered the most persecuted people on earth, um, and they're a Muslim group from uh, from Myanmar. And um, so that's what I worked, uh, that's what I was doing for that year, and then the pandemic came, and I got evacuated. And mm -hmm. so, um, but that experience also changed my life, and I'm hoping to work with Rohingya um, yeah. now, and I'm starting to. And so by the way, we were praying for Carolyn to make that last train or, oh, or, or plane, plane, excuse yeah. me, not train, oh, out of that place. Yeah. And I hated that you had to leave, but we were very concerned just for you not to get locked down in a, uh -huh. in a situation. So, yeah. well, thankfully I'd just been to China and China didn't stamp me an exit past like an exit stamp. Uh -huh. And so all throughout my trip, I kept getting stopped because they were like, were you just in China? <laughs> I was this like, no, right I promise Wuhan. I wasn't. Please yeah. let me go back. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, so I am now currently living in a, an area called Clarkston and it's right outside of Atlanta and it's called the most diverse square mile in America. And mm -hmm. we have a, there's, um, ref many refugee refugees are settled there, and so it's a refugee community. Um, and so I work with a refugee resettlement organization, and then I do some fun MTW stuff on the side. And my friend and I are just launching some Rohingya women's group for fun <laughs> in Clarkston, <laughs> also on the side. Um, but 
yeah, so the thing that I'm doing with MTW is we're doing a podcast um, with a woman named Kay Birkeland. She is MTW's uh, refugee liaison to Europe. So, All right, hold up right okay. there. Okay, so um, you may be asking, uh, maybe your, your heart stirred about just knowing more about refugee ministry. Where do I go? You can certainly go to mtw.org or mna.org, but my niece has a podcast with uh, a missionary, and it is called... It's called Refugees, What You Don't Hear on the News. And I love part that. of that is because... You don't hear about refugees a lot on the news. And if you do, it's like sob stories. And so what we get to do is we're interviewing people around the world. um, And we are just asking them to share the the stories of what's going on. So it's really just stories of kind of similar to what I've shared before. It's a really good podcast. I've listened to it. uh, Refugees, what you don't hear on the news. So kind of jot that down while you're listening. I'll put it in the notes uh, below so you can click over there and... um, and, and hear more about that. Okay, so um, what what are a few of the things that you've learned from these interviews that kind of surprised you? So many things. <laughs> um, that was a surprise question, by yeah, the way. Yeah, no, well, I, I've learned a lot. Well, one thing that we laugh about is every single person who comes on, we always are bonding about food. I mean, just... Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. and you love ethnic food. Yeah, I do. I, I, so do I. My taste buds are novelty seeking. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I guess this isn't necessarily surprising, but it's just one of the themes we come back to is just the richness and the joy of um, welcoming in brothers and sisters of Christ or um, people from other parts of the world and um, just becoming dear friends with them. I think that's one thing we talk about a lot on the podcast or we have several times is, you know, if you're out there listening and you are interested in refugee work or maybe you'll have internationals in your city who Mm -hmm. are from other places who also feel a sense of, they're, you know, they're not at home. Maybe there's yeah. things going on in their home country. I mean, mm-hmm. they're probably on WhatsApp in the middle of the night calling their family. Um, they're, they're carrying certain burdens. Um, yeah, just the joys of it, it. Yeah, it doesn't have to mean your church starts a program or launches a committee. Right. It can just, just be finding somebody. some individuals um, and doing life with them and having yeah. them over for dinner or that's a that's actually a great word. God, you know, we're never to despise the day of small things, and those small things generally are relationships. That's how ministry gets going. I think that's really, really wise. Now, I will say something as her uncle that she won't say. I'm going to ask you not only to pray for Carolyn's ministry and those that she ministers with, uh, but also I'm going to ask you to pray for her safety. Uh, I <laughs> yes, know. please. Okay, good, good. Um, and just uh, as a, a young woman uh, in, the, in the middle of, of a very diverse uh, community, but also that um, God would continue to uh, not only teach you and use you, but uh, I love the way you talk about um, what you're doing and what God's doing with you. Well, and one thing Uncle Joseph and I were talking about is, you know, you never want to paint uh, a refugee and immigrant ministry as a big kumbaya potluck, Um, even though sometimes (laughs) it feels like that, I will say. Um, I've been to so many fun uh, weddings and birthday parties and whatnot and Ramadans. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, you know, it's difficult. There's so many different, uh, there's cultural differences, (laughs) big differences and um there's difficulties, and I would say I'm, I'm facing some of those right now in my, in my mm-hmm. life, and I, I'm tired. But, um, I, yeah, I would ask to pray for my safety, but also just 
um, for sustaining, yeah, sustaining that the Lord would sustain me. Yeah. Carolyn, my niece, Morris, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Let's close the podcast with Joseph's pocket full of vision, but it won't be Joseph giving you vision today. It'll be Henry Morris, my brother-in-law and fellow PCA minister. We're in North Carolina and have to go home tomorrow. Henry, encourage our listening audience spiritually. Something I think would be helpful for us, Joseph, is to really step back and think about how we interact with other people and how we assess other people and think about them. You know, Jesus calls us to love people, and he calls us to come to them as servants, to get to know people, to enjoy them. And, you know, one of the probably downsides of our technological day is that we tend to feel like we have to make really quick decisions about people. We feel like we have to have an opinion about everything, and that's really probably not the wisest course of action. Something that got me thinking about this was, about four or five months ago, a friend of mine posted a meme on his uh, Facebook, and it basically said, uh, kind of had this diagram of a line, and it had a big parenthesis on the line. It said, someone's life. And then it had a, a really, really small parenthesis at the end of the line, and it said, what you know about someone's life. And it said, why you should be gentle with people. And that's really got me to thinking and just even with the pandemic everything that's been going on you know we're living in a much more opinionated culture but isn't it the better part of wisdom to take some time to reflect and one thing I found in my life in probably you know 30 years of ministry is that when you get to know people there's always things that you love and appreciate about them um, so that's just a thought uh, to, to step back and think about how we how we might be too quick to make assessments and how we ought to really get to know people. And that's your pocket full of vision.